You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, brought to you in association with Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs. Getting noticed isn't always easy, because there's so much noise! But at Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, we make it easy. With standout signs, business cards, shop fronts, banners, leaflets, vehicle graphics, the lot. Showcasing your products, advertising your brand, and getting business noticed. So, what can we do for you? Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Jankowskis is going in on the goalkeeper. Jankowski wanted all day. Jankowskis wraps it up for hearts. Hello and welcome to Shirts Around the Funnel, the much smarter, much cleverer little brother of Scarves Around the Funnel, although to be fair to them, they are nice people. I'm joined for this episode by award-winning author Grant Young. Grant, how are you? I'm very good, Paul. Thank you. Fantastic. You, you must be working on a new book, are you? I am working on a new book, yes. All to be announced at Time Castle next Friday. So, yeah. Lo- looking forward to that. So, that that's the, the unimportant one out of the way. Let's get the important guest on. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All the way from California, former Hearts defender, Paul Ritchie. Paul, how are you? Good evening, gentlemen. Fantastic. Great to be on. Uh, looking forward to it. I have to say, first of all, you are looking well. You must like that life out there in the sunshine. Ah, it's, it's got its pros and cons. I've got. I'm doing a <laughs> lot, but it's November just now, so I'm doing a little bit for charity. So that's why I'm a little bit Santa Claus is, as my mum would say. Uh, you can tell I'm getting old now. Look at it. It's uh, it's white. It's uh, yeah. Gone are the days where the the, the the hair was a little bit darker. But yeah, loving life here, mate. It's uh, it's uh, fantastic. As I say, we set ourselves up with. Still enjoying the football, uh, it's soccer as it is here, so still still working away with that at a couple of different levels, uh, and obviously keeping in touch with what's going home, going on back home, but yeah, enjoying life at the moment. That's tremendous. It, just in terms of soccer, we'll, we'll get back to the heart stuff, but just in terms of what you do at the moment, how, how is soccer coming on in the USA? Of course, they've got the World Cup coming up. Massive, it's growing. As I say, myself personally, I'm involved with uh, a local youth club that plays at an MLS Next Level. Uh, MLS took over the US Soccer Development Academy about four or five years ago, and we are one of the founding members. So it's uh, as I said, it's it's, it's growing dramatically. Um, as I said, we've got six teams can uh, participating at U 13s all the way through to U 19s. Uh, we send our better players onto the the actual pro academy. So we are, as I said, you know what it's like over here. It's pay as you play model for basically grassroots. Uh, the standards uh, of a high 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 quality and the best players. Once they get to 14, 15, we move them onto actual MLS clubs, um, either in, as I said, all over the states. Uh, we are fortunate enough now, now 2025, San Diego's got their own MLS club. Uh, so San Diego Football Club will be uh, launching uh, February 2025, which is which is massive for the area. Uh, obviously, we've got LA Galaxy and LAFC uh, just north of us, but to have our own sort of franchise here in San Diego is going to be massive. It's going to be an incredible uh, football club. Um, basically, the Right to Dream Academy from Ghana uh, and FC Norshalon, Tom Vernon, 
uh, who used to be at Man United, he's he started his own academy out in Ghana uh, a number of years ago. And as I said, they've grown so much that he sold his business to the Monsoor Group from Egypt and they've now bought a franchise here in the States. So the academy that I've got set up here for, for the younger generation is going to be out of this world. Uh, it's going to be something that's um, second to none and it'll give loads of kids a fantastic opportunity to to, to follow their dreams. Uh, it's going to be a, an amazing an amazing um, club uh, and it'll be something to, to keep an eye on. The last World Cup in the USA was 1994. It was probably seen as a bit of a novelty. You know, Diana Ross taking penalties and all that sort of nonsense. I just get the feeling, I don't know if you agree, it's a different ball game now. This is proper serious business. It will be. It will be. As I said, they've got the infrastructure here and they've always had, 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 had the infrastructure in the States. They're just competing, obviously, football, soccer's competing with basketball and, and NFL and uh, baseball and, and hockey. But now I think, as I said, male and female game has, has grown rapidly uh, and it definitely will be a it'll be a spectacle. Obviously, Mexico, Canada are, are hosting countries as well. But I just think the stadiums they've got in place now, the soccer-specific stadiums, uh, the culture, uh, as I said, they're such a diverse group. Uh, it's it's only been it's been a matter of time, as I said. I've always thought that the states would be a, a force to be reckoned with. It's still got a long way to go when it comes to to to, to producing it on the field. But from from a spectator point of view, it'll be a, a phenomenal uh, World Cup. It'll be it'll be incredible to be part of. And and, and yeah, Paul, he... do you think that you're you're going to see uh, Mister Mister Nielsen's Tampa Bay Rowdies uh, make the make the breakthrough? <laughs> Well, it'll be interesting, as I say, obviously him and Robbie have, have got a close connection with Brian Dow, uh, so, but I reached out to Brian last week just to, to pass on my regards to Robbie and wish him all the best, and as I say, it's a great opportunity for Robbie, uh, I think, as I said, and it's Alan Johnson's over here now as well, he's he's coaching at a, a youth club, but Robbie to take that step into the, the, the mm. professional environment at Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay's got a as I say, great facilities, great, great club, as I say, the, the structure over here is still slightly uh, MLS versus USL Pro. So right. They've not got it. They've not got the promotion relegation. They've not got things done properly yet. But I think that through time that will come. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, Robbie's got, uh, as I said, a great, great location, great job. Uh, USL Pro is a, is, is, a, is, a, is a challenging league, having been in the, that environment before. Uh, but it'll be it'll be good for him. It'll be a, an enjoyable experience for him with less pressure than he had at Hearts. Put it that I way. Bet. <laughs> yeah, the, the weather's terrific. I've reached out to a friend of mine in, in Tampa Bay just to say that Robbie's a good guy and uh, their paths will cross because he's one of the broadcasters with the, with the race. So ah, hopefully he'll, he'll make a contact or two there. Paul, let me take you back to, to your own career. One of the questions that I always like to ask guests, and, and I don't I don't want you to be humble about this because I need a genuine answer. When did you realise that you were good at football and it could be something you could do at a professional level? I think it's, it's very interesting because I think it's, it was something that was it was always on my, as I said, that's all I wanted to be. Uh, as I said, I was very fortunate. Now, having grown and become a man and been involved in the coaching, I was obviously an early developer. I, I was I was bigger, faster, stronger than than all my, my the kids my same age. I was I was an August twenty first birthday, which was the front end of that sort of uh, intake group. And you say nobody ever thought about it back in the back in the days when we were playing youth. But I always played up. Uh, I always remember playing in, uh, locally in Leslie Hearts and in Loman Colts, and I was. I was always better than the the, the, the local the, the kids that I was playing with, um, and then fortunately enough, I, I, I was able to to get trials at Man United, Man City, and obviously at Hearts, and uh, signed a, a schoolboy form at Hearts, and just from there you, you you always 
being part of a, a professional environment at a young age was was always a dream. Uh, but it was difficult. I think we had we had great sort of grounding with, with Sandy Clark once we went full time. And before that, Dougie Dalgleish, as I said, used to look after us pre sort of schoolboy forums before we went pro. But when we signed our, our sort of uh, say apprentice forums when we we went full time and we left high school, as I said, it was a fantastic grounding because Sandy was as I said everything you could ever want in a, a sort of leader at a, a gaffer at that time but at that time we didn't see that because as I said we we had to do all the jobs at Tynecastle as I said we used to, we used to have to brush Tynecastle clean sweep it clean Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday after a, a game at the weekend that was before all the, the, the seats were in and that was a four day job we wouldn't get to see the ball until that was done on a Thursday um, so if you ever played Hearts had to play Hibs, Celtic or Rangers uh, in the winter as I said that was a four day job between 18 of us and we had to make sure that was spick and span before we even got out to get in the field. We used to look after all the first team's uniforms, balls, bibs. So as much as it was looking back now, everything that I've become and managed to be fortunate enough to play, that was down to what we were what we were t- taught at that time. But the football side of things, slowly but surely I was pushed back from a sort of an attacking player to a, a defender because my talents were limited as I got into the better sort of surroundings but I was still athletic left-footed and as I said I'd run through a brick wall. Paul just to follow up something you said you know you said you were bigger you were faster you were stronger and you found that that changed as time went on. My experience is that some people cannot handle that they cannot suddenly handle not being the best in the group and can fall away how did you approach that? I think it was my mentality and I think it was once again it was just understanding that I was I, I was talented, I was good at what I was was good at. But as I said, once you get older, uh, you're just you're grateful for that opportunity. And I think Sandy uh, and that youth team, that that BP Youth Cup team, and uh, mm. and sort of reserves. The good thing when that when back in the day we used to have the second and third team as well. So we had the reserve league East team. So you were in there at a young age playing against grown ass men. So right away you knew all of a sudden that it was it wasn't as easy as it used to be playing. U15s, U16s and that. So quickly I managed to adapt. And I think mentally that was my biggest sort of, uh, my, 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 my growing point was that I knew I could handle it physically. Yes, t- technically uh, I, I was I was starting to learn myself just to keep it simple, uh, as I said, and just pass the ball simple. I was a good defender. I was still athletic, uh, but I knew then that there was far more talented players there. What I had to try and match that with was my sort of endeavour and my work ethic. And as I said, being part of a, a professional organisation certainly helped, especially at Hearts. You started to doubt yourself, as I said, once spoke about before, when Tommy McLean comes in uh, and you're at that sort of 18, 19 year old and you, you you know you're talented, but and it's something you want so badly and you're just not getting the, the, the mm. sort of opportunities. And that was a tough time. Uh, but fortunately enough for us, it, it didn't, Tommy McLean's uh, manager, uh, uh, manager's role at the club didn't last longer than it did. Yeah, it it didn't last as long as perhaps he would have liked, but I mean that's football managers and and the way things go. When you eventually got your chance, it it made your debut. I mean, we'll we'll talk about the kits in a moment because Grant will talk about that, but that chance to pull on that maroon jersey, I mean, it's well known in Edinburgh, etc, etc, but suddenly to be wearing it to have that badge on your chest and going out there, how did it feel? Marvellous. As I said, I've I've had a few highs uh, with, 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 with football but that's one of them to, to make your debut for the team that you supported as a kid <clears throat> and I, my, my grandfather used to take me when I was was five or six years old to Hillsley Oven Kostorfin and 
as I said, he worked on the railways at Haymarket and he used to take me to Tynecastle. So to, to play for the club that you supported as a boy, as I said, is, is, is a boy who dream. And everybody talks about it, but I'm, as I said, very, very, very fortunate to be one of the few who actually managed to do that. And it was just a proud, proud moment to, to, to walk out there and, and, and play a professional match for Harps. Yeah, you went on to play 162 times for Hearts. Knocked in the odd goal as well. Grant, what's your memories of watching Paul? The first thing that always springs to mind for me, obviously kit-wise, is the, is, the, is the man who always wore, or tried to nearly always wear long sleeves, which uh, I, I'm, I'm ultimately impressed with because I, I, I love long sleeves. So, you know, in nearly every photograph, Paul, you see um, you in long sleeves. Very occasionally there's a short sleeve, which slightly disappoints me. But, but what... what, what Drew you towards long sleeves because well, most guys did wear short sleeves, I think. Yeah, I don't know. It was just, a, I think it was a comfort thing. I think, as I said, yeah. just made me feel comfortable. No awkward. I, I, I think I felt, as I said, sometimes when I looked at the shorts and the short sleeves, I, I felt awkward, uncomfortable. And I think just having that long, that little extra bit of material just sort of settled me a little bit and made me feel much more comfortable within myself. So it was strange. And I think the only times I ever did wear short sleeve was because we didn't have long sleeve versions or the kit man forgot to pack them. Because as I yeah. said, right from, right from the beginning, even in the summer, uh, as I said, is I know, as I said, through time, through different sponsors, the, the long sleeve would come in later in the year sometimes. But yeah, even in the summer, pre-season friendlies, if I had an opportunity to wear a long sleeve, <laughs> I would have. Absolutely, and and you got to wear some you got to wear some classic shirts as well, didn't you? So oh, you know you, yeah. you look through those those brilliant pony shirts, and then obviously yeah. Olympic, and there's even a great photograph of you wearing the the Inter Milan style shirt, which must have been a a pre season friendly for you. After the kit was, it must have been a, a a spare set before they wanted to bring the new kit in. I take it. That's right. I as I said, we were very fortunate. I think Hearts have always had fantastic kits. We had we had some fantastic home kits and away kits. As I said, and that that sort of the, the, the one that I do remember is that Inter Milan, uh, turquoise and black stripes, as I say, that was an ultimate favourite of mine. As I say, we never got to lose it long. I was still very young. Uh, as I say, we didn't get to, 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 to wear that very often. But uh, some of the some of the maroon jerseys at the time were, 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 were fantastic. Even before I got into the first team uh, and I was working, as I said, when, when Derek Ferguson was there and we crab all the, the one with the, the emblem uh, embedded all the way through the, the, the squad, yeah. the next one, there, there were some, as I said, they've done really, really good job with some fantastic uniforms and great kits in the past. Yeah. And of course, you, you bar the result in the Coca-Cola League Cup final, that's probably the shirt that most fans, you know, reminisce about the most, the colour, yeah. the day, and it just yeah. got. I, I think by the but it, it's so dark and yeah that that that, that was a classic as well that you, you wore well I think it was it was as I said we we did they, they said whoever was involved at, at the time to to sort of design them but they done they done a great job and and they've, they've continued to do it I just think the color the color schemes just make it, as I said even now I'm working at a university here my wife's a head coach at an NAIA school and her colors are maroon and white so it's just it's a it's a, a step on so it's. Uh, it's, it's great to still see that. As I say, I think it's a, a phenomenal colour and it just looks such a good, good, good fit on everybody when they're playing. Forrest Hepburn and McDonald have been making creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. For more, visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Yeah, I always think it's interesting that fans wait 
you know, so much to see because I think Hearts have had a couple of missteps over the, over the years in terms of the shades of maroon. Um, mm. Sometimes it can be a little bit too pinky, and it and it, it just annoys. Well, it annoys me <laughs> as a fan. It just annoys you somewhat, you know. In terms of awake at Spa, I mean, were were you ever nervous about some of the stuff they were going to bring out, or were you just always happy? Always happy. I think it was the same. We we were very fortunate. I think a lot of the time when, especially. I think that was very, very light. I think we were, uh, as you said, the, 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 there was always predominantly white in it. As I said, most of the time when I played, but there was, uh, we, I was always happy. I think we wore the, well, I think we wore the yellow one. We wore a yellow strip <laughs> in, in Europe. I think we, we against Real Mallorca was like a mustard, uh, a, a mustard yellow. Uh, that was probably the one that was uh, the most sort of off the charts uh, that I would be. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, such a big game, but I think it was Real Mallorca or Red Star Belgrade. One of the two we wore that mustard yellow. Uh, yeah, Red Star it was. That's yeah, like yeah. Canary yellow type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah which is. I remember. I, think... I remember Mo. When I went to watch Hearts, me Mo Johnson was wearing the yellow one as well. But this this one was slightly that's different. Right. It was it was a, it was a, it was a stranger yeah. cut. Yeah, but that's right. Never, and... We've always had, as I said, there was never really a strip that I didn't like. Uh, as I said, and I've got. I've got bags and bags still at my mum's house um, from, as I said, even when I played uh, U13s, U14s, because I used to hand them all down. Uh, there's some Buckler ones in there, as I said. I've got a, a good collection in there, as I said, but uh, I've always, always been, as I said, at the top end of the, the range. And then, of course, interestingly, you know, the most famous day in 1998, Hearts decided to go out and wear, not wear their traditional home yeah. kit, but, but change to their away kit and Change a change a strip, change your luck, maybe. Well, that was it. As I said, I don't know how much to say we had in that. As I said, I, I, I don't know if it was a choice or if it was uh, it was it was uh, that was sort of the the way the the, the coin fit. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, as I said, to all white, it looked great in that day. And as I said, it changed the fortunes of of where 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 we ended up. So it was it had its upside. But it would have been nice to have to have worn the maroon that day. But as I said, it was it was a fantastic day. And as I said, it was one that I'll never forget. The difference, I, w- I was at Celtic Park that day in a slightly different position, you know, because I'd worked the previous cup final, but I didn't work this one. I've still never seen the last 10 minutes of the game. I couldn't <laughs> watch it. Thankfully, you were a bit more involved than me uh, and could do so. But, I mean, it, I think the players, and, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, I think the players got it. I think they realised at f- the full-time whistle what that meant to the Hearts fans that were there. For sure. I, I think it was... That that team that was was put together by Jim and Billy, uh, I think, as I said, was was slowly building into something special. And as I said, having been a heart supporter myself and my father and my grandfather, we, as I said, I knew what it what what it was like to to, to experience unlucky situations, scenarios, and and just not be, as I said, always a bridesmaid. But that that day, I think, as I said, we, as I said, that the the joy in the stands, as I said, it was just the the trip back from Celtic Park to to Tynecastle it was just phenomenal. The amount of people that lined the streets and what it actually meant, and I think that's that that epitomises the heart supporters and and what they pour into the club. Uh, and nothing changes. I think that nowadays it's the demands are there, and as I said, if you come into the club as a player or a, a manager, you've got to to be able to, to, to handle these demands of supporters. As I said, they want the best for the club, uh, and yeah. At times, the, 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 the players and the team have, have let the supporters down and the supporters are always there. They always come back for more. But that day was just great to see the, the, the reaction for, and what it meant to, to so many people. I mean, Hearts have been fortunate enough to win the Cup a couple of times since then, Grant. But I, th- I think everybody of our vintage, that, that day in 1990, yeah. is, is untouchable. 
No, absolutely. I mean, I think Paul's pretty well there, you know, from a, from a player's perspective. But yeah, I mean, you got to a point where Hearts were, you know, you followed them thick and thin and, and you're thinking, I'm never going to see Hearts win something. So so the emotion that came out that day was was something that I've never seen. It's, it's unrivaled. You know, we, we were a group of guys. I mean, some guys we went where I'd never seen Hearts win anything. They had followed them through the 70s. We were a bit luckier where we had sort of, they were nearly, we could tell they were just getting there. But that day, I, I mean, 5-1 against Hibs is, was, was tremendous. But it, it, just for the, the pure raw emotion of that for so many people, I just think it's it was unrivaled and and would be very very difficult to beat. So I, I would imagine you never have to buy a pint when you're in downtown Castle with Paul. I, would never I don't know. There's still the stories. I still know what I want to do. One over the good There's a lot of people still have. Uh, wow. Well, this is like understandable, but yeah, I've got a lot of good friends, and as I said, my time at Hearts was 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 incredible. And, and in hindsight, as I said, if you can do things differently, yeah, you, you never know what you do, but. As I say, my time at the, the club would, would have always been a heart supporter, always will be. Uh, but just to spend those those, those years there and, and be part of that was just something that nobody can take away. Yeah. The next time you're in Edinburgh, you have to come and join me for a pint because if we get Grant to come, he's going to buy one for us both. So that'd be a first. So that'd, that'd be, be all right. Two polls. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sometimes fans don't get the business side, Paul. You know, leaving Tynecastle would have been a difficult thing. But I mean, that's the business of football. It is. As I said, I was still relatively young and it was a Bosman and I just think it was, the way things were done and, and, and looking back now, as I said, I think it was, as I said, for me, I think where the club had been and, and we were, where we were trying to go, I just, I didn't think that it was it was done properly. As I said, it was, there were certain things that went on that nobody actually knows about. So, like, there's, there's, there's different sides to the story, as I said, for me. That they said going where I did and it didn't work out. For, as I said I wanted to test myself at the, the highest level. As I said, and if I could have done that with Hearts, I would have stayed. But we got no guarantees of contracts or, or, or money side of things or where the club was going. As I said, we 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 went through a, a fantastic first season or, or ninety eight and ninety nine sort of dipped a little bit. But I, as I said, it's a business and it's a it's a it's a short career where you've got to try and make a living as quickly as you can um, and as I said for me once I left Hearts as I said the football inside of my career did definitely take a dip as I said as you look from what I'd achieved up until then and the games that I played and then after leaving and the games I did play as I said there were significantly less so from a soccer point of view and as I said it was probably the wrong decision to make as I said but everybody sort of moves on at times uh, for me, it could have been I could have moved on to a different location. Uh, as I said, I just think of the way it was done, uh, obviously leaves a, a a bad taste and 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 said supporters' mouths. But at the end of the day, there was a lot going on behind the scenes that they, they don't know about. Uh, as I said, if things could have been done differently, I would have done differently. Uh, as I said, I wouldn't have made that trip uh, to the west. I would have tried to do something else. But as I said, obviously, I was advised to do things by by people who were. And as I said, looking after me, uh, and it, it never worked out there. Uh, as I said, and the Man City thing for me was was great while it lasted, but got a bad injury, uh, and then from there, my as I said, my career was was sort of stop start here there, and, and as I said, disappointing that it never sort of materialised the way I'd hoped it did. Uh, and as I said, it could have done if if things were different at Hearts. The other thing that obviously brought a great deal of pride to you was pulling on the navy blue of Scotland. How did that feel? The same as I say, I think. It's we all we all have these sort of boyhood dreams about playing, uh, and to to say represent my country uh, eight times and playing some big big games, uh, and also score and play for the club I supported as a boy. As I said, for my career being as potentially unfulfilled as it could have been, 
I still have a lot of great memories and a lot of highs that I can look back on and share with my kids that, as I said, I was very, very fortunate to play at the highest level in Scotland and play at the highest level in England, represent my country. Uh, and that's, as I said, for me, it's definitely uh, helped me to sort of help the next generation and the generation after that now being involved as a coach. As I said, I can now pass on what I achieved and what I could have done better uh, and try and give these kids the, the opportunity to chase their dreams like the, uh, the opportunity I was given when I was younger. With the 18-year-old Paul Ritchie, we'd have not had a clue what lay ahead of him. But as you say, you've played at the highest level, Scotland, England, internationally, and you're still involved with a game that, that you passionately love. And you can see a role for you going forward in, in developing players. I mean, it's going to be pretty satisfying overall. Oh, for sure. When I look at it now, from what I say, once my career finished, and they said I've, I've been fortunate enough to coach in MLS and coach at a professional level, I do miss that level. I do miss the banter. I do miss the togetherness that that professional level brings. As I said, some of the days that we had as a player and as a coach, it's, it's great. And as I said, it's a real bond that, that lasts for, for a lifetime. Now being involved in a college environment and a, a youth environment, it's, it's great to, as I said, pass on what I've experienced and give these kids, as I said, because that's now, as I said, I'd never thought I would have been that type of coach. As I said, I was always, once I finished playing, I wanted to be a manager. I wanted to do this and I never sort of explored the, the, the youth side of things. But that opportunity came, uh, as I said, and now I love it. As I said, being involved with these kids and watch them grow. Been part of a programme now for nine years to watch them grow from from a 10-year-old kid to graduate high school and now participate at Division 1 college level is, is fantastic. Some some kids have went on to play pro. So from that, it's great. As I said, I'm very, very fortunate to be involved and still be involved in the game. Um, as I said, I do miss home. I do miss the hearts, watching the hearts, being involved in that. But I do watch from afar and, and my two boys are, are there on a, a regular occurrence and, 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 and keeping it in the family. We did catch up with the boys in, uh, in Florence. So we had, we, did it, we, had a, we had a couple of beers with them. So that, oh, that was, good, it was that, quite good yeah. to catch up with them, you know. And yeah. uh, I can't remember, is, is it the oldest one? He's a, he's a ringer. Because as soon as yeah. you see him, you're like, oh, I know who that is, by the way. <laughs> Jordan, uh, Jordan is a, a chip off the old block. Dylan's a bit more like his mum, but yeah, Jordan. Yeah, is, yeah my, my, my mini me. So we managed a couple of beers with him. Yeah, good. <laughs> Do you manage to see any of the Hearts games? Do you via yeah, Hearts got, TV? Yeah, I've got I've got a dodgy cut of dodgy channels here in the states, <laughs> and I do. As I said, the only the only problem I've got is obviously depending on the time of the kickoffs. But yeah, whenever I, I watch most most games every week because I've got I've got access to Hearts TV. Um, so as I said, I get to I get to watch when I can. Um, when I, when when I'm not sleeping. But yeah, as I said last week, this the, the semi final was disappointing. I think, as I said, we'll watch that and it was just another occasion where we just let it go and it's it's one of these things, but we, we move on, we bounce back a little bit. So, as I said, it's going to be a, a, a big winter for, for Mr Naismith. Yeah, I mean, professional football, and you and you know this, is such a strange thing. You know, one day you're riding high, the next day you're not, but you, you're a tap on the shoulder away from another job, another opportunity, something happening. So, it's it, it always, I think it always pays to stay positive. For sure, I think as you said, especially especially within the the, the SPL, you say that Hearts are a very very good team, and I think they're just they're on the results. A few injuries in the last few months have, have went against them, but I think if they dig deep, as you said, I still keep in touch with Gordon Forrest. Uh, he's a very very good friend. I'm delighted that he's, he's still in there. Um, but yeah, you're right. You say, you've got to stay positive. As you said, we managed to bounce back with a couple of good results, and and it's got to be a, a difficult Christmas period, but. 
definitely one we could come out with, with, with a number of points and and try and consolidate that consolidate that third position in, in the league. Can you see the day where you know Hearts might tap the American market a little bit more? I think it's been spoken about. It's, it's definitely something that should be looked at because, as I said, the country is so vast. I think it's it's there's there's so many of the, the, the international teams here running camps doing this and doing that. And I know, as I said, when back in the day when when JC was still there, there was the when he had a, a sort of role with Craig, there was there was talk about trying to come over but in some capacity. Lockie would spoke about it, but there's definitely definitely opportunities here, uh, as I said, and I think it's it's definitely something that should be considered. And Grant, we've just got a couple of minutes left of the podcast. Paul talked about, you know, his, his heart's career. It finished in, in a different way, perhaps. But I'll tell you what, and it'd be interested if you agree, if Paul was the halftime guest, he'd get one hell of a reception walking out there, wouldn't he? Uh, yeah, that, that's what I was thinking, I think. Because, uh, you know, you, you're, you're fairly active on uh, social media, Paul, uh, in terms of Twitter. And I think, I've only seen, I've just seen the love for you, really. I, I just think the fans... I think I've embraced you. I think yeah, over I think, a period of time, these things yeah, they they go away. As I say, I think it's yeah. nice. everybody knows it. Said that I am a heart supporter and I have been since, since I was five years old, uh, and I do love the club. Uh, and as I said, every time I do come back, I do come in and and, and go to the game. So as I say, yeah. as I say the generation as I said when I upset a few people by moving, these things happen. As I said, supporters are they, they love their club and they they don't want anything to happen to their club, and rightly so. And if anybody upsets them, then they've got the right to. To, to be critical, so I, I could take that on the on the shoulders. I've got no problem with that, as I said. But as I said, for me, I'm a heart supporter. As I said, the, the things I did when my playing career was was to try and better my my my, my future life. Uh, as I said, so it was nothing personal. I loved Jim Jeffries and Billy. As I said, I, as I said I was eternally grateful for for what they gave me and the opportunities that they gave me. Uh, and as I said, and and I always keep in touch with them. So as I said, the club will always be a massive part of my life. Final question for you, a slight curveball perhaps, but who's the maddest goalkeeper you played for at Hearts? We've got a goalkeeping event at Tynecastle oh. next week. Who's the maddest goalkeeper you've met at Hearts? <laughs> I got, oh, Henry. Henry was nuts. I, said, I was very young when Henry was there and I've got a lot of time for Henry, but big, big, big Gilles, Roussey. as I said, big Gilles. He was, as I said, on the outside, he was, a, as I said, the perfect gentleman, but he was a crazy, crazy man. <laughs> Uh, and as I say, an unbelievable human. Um, but all, all goalkeepers are crazy. We know that they're, they're, they're a special breed. Um, but Gilles, Gilles had a, a side to him when when things were going against him. Gilles had a real sort of aggressive, real sort of nasty side to him. So he was he was nuts. But big big H was the same. He was he was just as bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that that is tremendous. Grant, any any last questions before we before we wrap? No, I, I, I don't think so. I think um, Paul, Paul's, yeah, it, it's brilliant just to hear uh, from Paul. Um, so it's just, it's just really appreciated. We've, we've managed after this uh, a, a period of time to get you on, and yeah, it's a pleasure. Uh, delighted, guys. I've been I've really, really enjoyed it, and it was a pleasure speaking to you both. It's been brilliant, Paul. When you're next in Edinburgh, if you've got time, we'll your pint, and yeah, we'll get to we'll for it. For a good catch-up. But you keep living that good California life because it's it suiting you well, my friend. <laughs> I'll do my best, guys. Good luck and have a great Christmas. Thanks, Thank Paul. Brilliant to speak Cheers. to you. Bye -bye. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Well, that's about it for Shirts Around the Fun. And we're delighted at the third time of asking we've managed to catch up with the tremendous Hearts defender, Paul Ritchie, the tales and the stories. And Grant, what a terrific guest. Yes, no, absolutely. As you say... 
we had, we had several uh, aborted attempts at this, but it was just so good that we managed to get Paul on. So, as yeah, it's, it's been very, very enjoyable indeed. So thanks, Andrew, Paul. My pleasure. My thanks to Grant. My thanks to Paul Ritchie. My thanks to you for listening to the podcast, Shirts Around the Funnel. Listen to Scars Around the Funnel. They're pretty good as well. But remember, blood doesn't show on a maroon jersey. We hope you enjoyed this podcast, and we'll speak to you again soon from Grant, Paul, and me. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Shirts Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs.